Hik domus dei est, et portas sheni. This is the house of God, and the gate of heaven, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We have always to attend with the ear of the heart to the introit of the Mass. And the introit of the Mass, of the dedication of the Church, merits a special attention of the heart. The words, of course, are those of Jacob. Jacob, having wrestled with the messenger of God, the angel in the night, looks around, having experienced the presence of the thrice-holy God, and he says, terrible is this place. It is the house of God and the gate of heaven. The church places these words in our hearts and on our lips at that critical moment that is the crossing of the threshold into the Holy Mysteries. We are in some way mystically transported, you might say, to St. John Lateran, the caput et mater, the chief and mother of all the churches of the world. Yes, there is this very precise application of the intro to today's Mass to St. John Lateran. But there's something else going on. When we celebrate the dedication of a church, of any church, of the humblest church, we are in fact perceiving and receiving something of the mystery of the church. The body of Christ, the bride of Christ that descends from heaven. And today's Mass, if you look closely at the proper chance, is a progressive entrance into the mystery of the Church, step by step. The intro, it, and then the gradual, and then the Alleluia, and that splendid offertory antiphon, prayed by Solomon, acting not only as king, but as priest, and then we come to the communion in which God speaks to us. This mystery of the Church. The Church at once encloses and discloses the body of Christ and the bride of Christ. Look closely at the preface of today's Mass, that marvelous Gallican preface that in itself is, is uh, a complete ecclesiology. It's an extraordinary text in every way. Would that more courses of ecclesiology in seminaries were based on the preface of the Mass of the Dedication of the Church. It's luminous, luminous. 
with a divine luminosity. And so the church, the building of the church, encloses and discloses the mystery of the church. And the introit describes the church as domus dei et portaceli. Both expressions are titles of the Blessed Virgin Mary. She is the house of God and the gate of heaven. This suggests that one who seeks to probe and to enter the mystery of the church has only to contemplate Mary. And one who contemplates Mary will thereby grasp something of the mystery of the church. One cannot look at Mary without understanding the church. And one cannot understand the church without looking at Mary. This introit is, in effect, sung, as I said, at the crossing of the threshold into the church. And it, it expresses the awestruck reaction of those who, looking about, see not only a splendid material structure, but who, looking about, see something of the mystery. And this because the churches we build enclose and disclose the mystery of the church. It continues in the gradual, doesn't it? This place was made by God. Clearly, this refers not only to the material structure of the church, but to the mystery of the church. Born of the side of the crucified Jesus, as Eve was taken from the side of old Adam. This place was made by God inestimabile sacramentum, an inestimable sacrament. The Missal translation gives a priceless mystery. Without reproof, a flawless church. Think of that. A church immaculate, that is to say without stain. A church made radiant by the light of the Lamb. And then, a petition. O God, before whom stands the choirs of angels. It is as if the voice or voices singing the gradual look about and see here below what is going on there above in the heavenly liturgy. Ranks of angels, give ear to the prayers of thy servants. This same reality is expressed at the conclusion of the preface of the Mass, and this not only in today's Mass, but in every Mass. This co-mingling of the prayers of the Church militant 
with the sanctus, sanctus, sanctus of the angelic choirs. The Alleluia gives direction to our prayer. I will worship towards thy holy temple. This is sung in the church and yet directs our prayer to the temple that is above, the temple of the heavenly Jerusalem. It gives direction to our prayer. And I will give glory to thy name. The offertory is a priestly prayer par excellence, the offertory antiphon. As I said, it's Solomon's prayer, the dedication of the temple, Solomon acting in all the fullness of his role as king and priest. And it's a beautiful thing, the singing of this offertory antiphon, at the moment the host so fragile, so light, so poor, is placed in its sublime nakedness on the corporal. The moment when the chalice containing wine mixed with a drop of water is placed on the corporal. And the church at that moment has us sing, O Lord God, in the simplicity of my heart, I have joyfully offered all these things, not only bread and the chalice containing wine mingled with a drop of water, but all that the bread and the chalice represent. Nothing attains its finality if it is not brought to the altar. The whole cosmos as a Eucharistic finality, a doxological finality. Was this not the royal and priestly vocation of old Adam in paradise? To lift all things up and give them back to God. What Adam failed to do, Christ does in a wondrous way, and this he does again and again through the ministry of his priests. So often as a priest places the host on the corporal and places there the chalice, he is accomplishing that great priestly act of Christ the King by which all things are presented, offered, made over, given back to the Father. O oh Lord God, in sincerity, the simplicity of my heart, I have joyfully offered all these things, and I have seen with great joy thy people which are here present. O oh God of Israel, keep this will. The uh, offertory contains a petition, the last phrase. Keep this will. What does that mean? Custodi hank voluntatem. It means that we ask God to keep alive in the Church this, what shall I call it, the Eucharistic, the sacrificial impulse, that by which all things are brought to the altar. And then we come to the Communion Antiphon. 
in which God speaks. Very often in the communion antiphon, uh, we address God, or sometimes the communion antiphon takes a fragment of the gospel of the day and repeats it. Today, rather, the communion antiphon is drawn from the 21st chapter of St. Matthew, which is not the gospel of the day. This is a significant detail. It means that the church, I like to think, that whoever put together this Mass at the dedication said, what gospel shall we use for this Mass at the dedication? Shall we use Luke's account of Zacchaeus' encounter with Jesus, or shall we not rather use uh, the promise of Jesus in Matthew 21? This mysterious artisan of the Mass of the Dedication chose, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, we must believe, the Gospel of Zacchaeus, but then included in the communion antiphon, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, that other word that we so need to hear today, my house, my house, shall be called the house of prayer, saith the Lord. Footnote, this is the very text inscribed on the side of the little church of St. John Baptist at Knock. My house shall be called the house of prayer, saith the Lord. In it, everyone that asketh receiveth. How universal is that? And he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. And so we go forward into the holy mysteries, asking, seeking, and knocking, confident that we shall receive, that we shall find, and that the mystery of the church shall be opened to us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.